I'm martial art master Daniel Piscina. You know me as Johnny Cage. You are listening to RPG Gaming Podcast. Get over here or you'll get caged. Ian here from the RGB Gaming Podcast, bringing you real gaming banter. And on this week's episode, we are talking Mortal Kombat! Hello, 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 and welcome back to the RGB Gaming Podcast, the home of Real Gaming Banter, a weekly episodic podcast all about video games, chatting with special guests, and of course, having great banter. I want to thank every single person that listens to the RGB Gaming Podcast, because without your support, there is no podcast so if this is your first time here give the episode a like maybe subscribe to the youtube channel and you can check us out on spotify and apple music so enough of the pleasantries let's begin by introducing an absolute icon from the world of martial arts films and of course Mortal Kombat you just didn't think this episode was about talking about Mortal Kombat we have got Mortal Kombat in the house. I am, of course, talking about the original Johnny Cage, the master of disaster, the master Daniel Pacina. Master Pacina, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are you? Pretty good, Ian. Thanks for having me. Oh, awesome, awesome. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here, and I, I can't believe we are we are face-to-face virtually having a, having a conversation about Mortal Kombat and, um, you know, Obviously, you know, you're you're a very very busy man at the minute, and um, we were we were talking just off camera there, or off podcast, or off recording, or off audio, whatever you want to call it, about what you're about what you're getting up to. So, listen, Master Basina, before we get in to the meat and bones of Mortal Kombat, tell listeners a little bit about yourself and what we can expect to see from you coming up in the future. Um, martial arts. I'm martial art master Daniel Pacina, uh, old school master. Um, we could go into that later on. That's a long explanation, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I teach martial arts here in uh, the U.S. Uh, actually, Chicago, Illinois proper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like two, bl- very, very close to the lake, Michigan. <laughs> so doing that, teaching here, going to events, meeting fans, friends, uh, hanging out. Um, I was in the UK last year filming a fan movie called uh, Legends Never Die. Then I just filmed a uh, trailer and uh, pitch for a for a martial art gaming master uh, show. So yeah, been, nice. been keeping busy. So you're you're absolutely you're flat out you're busy you're you're you of course you're Johnny Cage of course you're going to be busy. There's uh, there's there's no rest for for such an icon like yourself, but. Listen, what we're going to do is we're going to hit a jingle now, Master Piscina, and when we come back, we are going to be talking about the making of Mortal Kombat.
Hello, 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 and welcome back to the RGB Gaming Podcast. I am joined by the absolute legend, Master Daniel Pacina, martial arts expert, the 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 epitome of Mortal Kombat, and we are here to talk about Daniel's role within within the game and everything that uh, and everything that comes with it and everything that's that's come before it, Master Bassina. So before we deep dive into the six realms of Mortal Kombat and your innovative and unique contribution to the birth of this amazing gaming series, what was your inspiration to enter the world of martial arts? How did that all start? Before we get to Mortal Kombat, how did how did you first fall in love with martial arts and first get into it? Guys, before we move on, I just want to tell you a little bit about Audio Hero. Audio Hero is an amazing platform with over 300,000 royalty-free tracks and sound effects at your disposal. You can use these on YouTube, you can use these on your podcast, you can use these on TikTok, use them on Instagram, you can use them wherever you want. They are royalty-free and they are absolutely amazing. I use Audio Hero myself, that amazing intro that you hear at the start of the show. That comes from Audio Hero. And you can be using Audio Hero as well. Because guess what? Annual plan discount. If you want to sign up for an annual plan, you can get 50% off right now. Just head to the checkout and type in RGB50. If you're thinking, "Mm, I might just want to pay up for this monthly. Guess what? I have a discount for you on a monthly package. 30% off. Go to the till and... Type in RGB30 and you will get 30% off your monthly plan. Audio Hero is absolutely amazing. Used by the BBC, used in Hollywood films such as The Fast and Furious and The Batman. So listen, these guys are absolutely amazing and you should be using these innovative and unique royalty-free tracks instead of that free stuff that you get on YouTube. So listen, head to Audio Hero and get yourself a discount today. RGB 50 for 50% off your annual plan and RGB 30 for 30% off your monthly plan. Um, you know, uh, I am a middle child. I have two older brothers and one younger brother, which everybody knows, uh, Raiden. <laughs> yes. So, so uh, but there's a big the uh, gap, uh, gap, age gap in between my older brothers and my younger brother. Mm-hmm. There's eight, eight years between my younger brother and I and about the same for my older, oldest brother. Yes. So there's a difference. So, you know, it growing up in the 60s, you know, there's no remote control for a TV. Yes. I am the remote control because <laughs> I am the youngest brother. You know, they want the channel changed. Hey. Uh, Daniel, go change. You got to go change the channel. And I have to do it because they're both bigger than me. So, you know, like that, getting them glasses of milk, throwing out garbage. I, I got all the uh, all the younger brother uh, errands to do. Yes. And so one time I was watching a show uh, called uh, Charlie Chan, the detective, this short detective solves. It's a black and white series, solves yes. mystery. And during one time I saw him judo throw a bad guy. And I was just really impressed. I was like, holy cow. And my thought was, if I learned judo, I could stand up for myself and wouldn't be picked on by my brothers. You know, which weren't really picked on, but, you know, I could kind of defend myself as well. Yeah. And so I really 
basically bugged my dad for martial art lessons to to start training in martial arts so I can throw my brothers, bigger brothers, <laughs> which never happened in the end. But yeah, but I went. I finally, my dad took me for lessons, and I really fell in love with it. And uh, yeah, I really, really loved it and stayed with it even till this present day. That's 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 amazing. So you're you're not only were you you started off as the the errand boy for your brothers, but now you're you're an actual master now. So so yeah. so how how does that happen? That happens when you practice a lot. And I had a couple of formal masters, meaning they really paved the way and showed me uh, applications and theories for like everything we were learning. So in the end, a master, old school master has a mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean kind of a, uh, it's kind of like a skill. I'm going to say it's like, like a wine taster. Okay. You can give them a bottle of wine and they can taste it and they can tell you what year it is, what vineyard it comes from, you know, yes. where, everything about everything just from tasting the wine. So same thing with me when I, I'm doing techniques or performing th- techniques. I can, I can not only perform them to my, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, to my highest ability mm-hmm. that my body and myself can deliver a technique. Yes. So I'm running very, very efficient in all the techniques. It doesn't mean like I'm superhuman or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it does mean that I can use uh, physics. So if you're not prepared for it, you're, you can be really, really surprised on the strength and the uh, and the speed of the technique and and how it's used. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So, so for those listening, then you know, and you know, they're they're we're a gaming podcast here. That's essentially what we are. But for those gamers who aren't too active and aren't into sports and stuff, you know, how how good is it to, to get yourself into some martial arts? Some you know the basic stuff. How how good is that as a cardiovascular exercise how good is martial arts for socializing getting you fit and and things like that should more people be doing martial arts master piscina well you know what martial arts are fun you uh two i would recommend if you're going to try to start martial arts try to find an instructor you like mm-hmm. you know don't try to start the deadliest one or anything like that just get along <laughs> you know just trying to find study with somebody you like and you'll it'll last longer in your your experience with martial art can grow from that point because you, you will enjoy it more. And if you enjoy it, you know, just like gaming, you play a a sucky game. You don't want to play it again. Yes. So, you know, so with martial arts, you get an instructor who's really cool and you, you're, you can understand what he's doing. Then you want to do it more. So that's the whole thing. Entrance point. Awesome. So we want to avoid master shredder. We don't want to, we don't want to take up any of his time. And then possibly we could join your 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 dojo or your 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 organization, and then we could do wine tasting. That's what that's what you're saying. So <laughs> or whiskey <laughs> or whiskey. So that, that, that's awesome. So I don't want to digress too much, but you know, as a, as a martial arts expert, you know, guru that 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 you are, you must have loved, you know, martial arts films and Hong Kong cinema. Did, did were you a big fan of Bruce Lee and things like that? Yeah, uh, big fan of Bruce, Bruce Lee, the Shaw Brothers. Oh, Shaw Brothers, uh, amazing. Yeah, the films and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it you can reflect that in the major, like, contributions that I made to MK. A lot of it had yeah. to do with that type of 
those t- type of background besides being, you know, growing up, I was a geek, collected comic books. My bro- older brother introduced me to comic books, mm-hmm. gave me. So I used to collect comic books, read them, you know, all, uh, all that stuff. So all that stuff, you know, when we had the chance, uh, influenced a lot of our work. Yeah, that, 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 that's amazing. And no one would dare call you a geek because you're Master Piscina, so I wouldn't like to think how you would use physics on anybody that would call you a geek, but I love comic books myself, so if, uh, if I get in trouble or some big boy wants to, you know, bully me for being a geek, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely call you. So, <laughs> you can't see it as a podcast, but Master Piscina just gave me a thumbs up, so I'm, 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 that's me done, I'm going to end the podcast, now. I'm well chuffed for that. So, listen, that's, uh, that's that story, that's sort of like your origin story, which is absolutely amazing. You're still into the martial arts, you're still still on the scene you're still going to conventions you're still meeting with fans and and that is absolutely amazing so once now we'll kind of travel on a road to mortal Kombat. then and you did mention that the shaw brothers films and bruce lee and you know your your experience and your expertise then help pave the way for 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 mortal Kombat. so before before you put all that input on Master Piscina, how did you become involved in Mortal Kombat, and how significant was your role in the creative process of that game? Well, my brother Carlos is a artist, graphic artist, mm-hmm. but back in the day, it was more drawing, hand drawings, hand drawing, sculpting, things yes. like that. But but uh, in his younger days, he would you know practice a lot. It's a different skill that needs a lot of time, so he he practiced and he had a group of friends that, that he would draw with, sit down at, you know, mm-hmm. at, uh, each other's home and draw. And one time, uh, he was drawing with my friends at my parents' house at my parents' kitchen table. And one of those friends, uh, in the early days with John Tobias. Okay. So, awesome. uh, yeah. So they would draw and uh, sometimes I'd watch them because it's just amazing to watch, mm-hmm. you know, artists work and, you know, I just, it's a skill I do not have. So I can respect it because I know how difficult it is to get a skill and how much time and practice it takes, you know, and uh, him being, and me and my brothers are all close. Uh, so we would, we would, I would hang out with him and his friends sometimes mm-hmm. along with my other friends. And so, you know, I, I got, I got a small relationship with John Tobias, which years later, you know, he would call me up and he's like, Hey, I haven't, uh, Growing up, he wanted to direct. He wanted to be a director. Yeah. So he wanted to, in the early days, he wanted to, you know, use his, use a camera from school to make a Kung Fu movie, which would never happen. That's a different story. <laughs> uh, but when he called me up, he's like, hey, remember when I wanted to do that Kung Fu movie? You know, I was like, yeah, man, that, you know, you know, he, he wanted to do that. And he's yeah. like, I got an idea for a live action martial art game. I work for a, a, a company and I was thinking of doing a small run on a, a 200 arcade cabinets. You know, him and I and my brother and friends would hang out in arcades. So I knew exactly yes. what we was about, you know, and he's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, and they have people who really know martial arts, you know, in the game doing it. So it'd be like real people doing martial arts. Mm-hmm. Now you know, and I knew exactly what he, he wanted because I kind of like, not kind of, I played Street Fighter before. I love yes. the game Street Fighter. But when I watched their martial art techniques, I would I, I would be like in my mind, nobody would actually kick like that because you would break your leg. Those are, the techniques are not proper. Very cool game. Yes. But on 
you know, but I'm, I'm like a martial art deacon. I want everything to kind of be proper or, or yes. things like, so I was like, I, I just thought, Hey, I can help you, you know? And he's like, first thing I can't pay you a lot, but you know, it's a small run and you'll get creative credit for whatever you put into game. If, if we can put it into the game, we will put it into the game and it'll be really, really cool. And I was like, okay, what do we have to do? And he's like, first thing we have to do is come into my work and I have some drawings. I'll show you some drawings of some characters that I've, I've thought of. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, you know, put together some, you put together some fight sets, bring Carlos and Rich. Rich is Kano. Rich DeVizio. Amazing. Who was also a friend of John. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, we'll put this together and I'll present this package to this company I work for. Yes. And so I was like, okay. So I was going to be like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. I'll show up. And uh, at this time, you know, I was going to show up after work and he's like, no, we got to show up later. It's like, I want it to be a uh, secret. I don't want sh- anybody to know what my idea is until I make the presentation. Yes. So that way, you know, and I was working that word. I was like, okay, he wants him, you know, he wants, he wants it not to be kind of leaked out or anything like that. He wants to do this. So mm-hmm. we showed up, played some games, played for some free games for a while, look at some of his drawings and then did some, I did some choreography and, and we did some forms too. And we made a videotape to present to this company called Midway Valley. Yes. That's, that's unbelievable. That's an, an unbelievable story. It's, it's because it's, it's like, I have Mortal Kombat sitting on my shelf behind me. I've been playing it since I was young. And, and you know, this is, this is how it, it, it happens. This is like, it's humble beginnings. So, You've got the you've you've got the, the, the ideas there, and you're pitching the idea now to to Midway. What what happens now when we get in and into the into the actual making of this game? So, you know, you, that's your involvement in it. But you know, you played many different characters. So, you know, how did the characters you portrayed? How did you make each of them unique and different? Because I'm sure it would be easy just to go you know, here's a couple of moves, do this, but, but you've, you've made the characters that you've played extremely, ex- extremely different. They're all unique. Yeah, actually, you know, after we pitched the game, we met with the, one of their managers, programmers, Ed, Ed Boone. Mm-hmm. And uh, originally they said, no, they said, oh, no, that wow. they were going to not do our game. They were going to, the, the idea, their idea was to do a licensed game a game where they can make more quarters because naturally it is about the quarters yes. and a bigger game with Jean-Claude Van Damme. So they dropped our game and our, our, our be uh, like, you know, our type of tournament type game yes. to pursue Van Damme. So a uh, month later I get a call from John and he's like, Hey, they, they, that idea couldn't go through. They couldn't negotiate that. So they want us to go back to our idea mm-hmm. of doing 200 games. Yeah. You know, and during that time, during the initial pinch, pitch to the game, you know, John said, you know, whatever whatever you want to put in the game. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to put the Lin Kuei and the guy who looks like, who later on uh, was named Scorpion and later yes. on. I wanted those characters, not in name, but the way they looked without yes. the color you know, with the armor on and that I, I didn't want to put Japanese uh, ninjas into the game. I wanted the Chinese Lin Kuei into the game. Yes. And uh, that's one of the, one of the, the 
probably the bigger ideas at the time in the pitch to the game was to put the Lin Kuei and mysticism into Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. So when they came back and John was like, hey, let's do this game, I was like, okay, we're going to put these uh, Lin Kuei in. And John was like, okay, we got we have to get people, some some martial artists in, but they have to work for cheap because mm -hmm. we're only 200 arcade cabinets. And yes. I was like, and at that time, John already knew uh, Tony Marquez, who is Liu Kang, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Kung Lao, uh, Hosan Pak, who's Liu Kang, you know, uh, he wanted me to get other people to be in it. And later on, I'd pick uh, Liz Malecki to be Sonya Blade. Yes. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we started, you know, he was like, okay, let's create this game. First thing he says, come in, dress casual, and we'll start making up, creating a pathway to the game because we don't really have any idea of how to make the game. So when I showed up, we had his father's video camera, wasn't even the company camera, and he put me in front of it. And uh, basically, he, uh, around that time or a little bit after that time, he just put me in front of the camera. It's like, do something cool. <laughs> so we just started recording different martial arts moves. We just started recording every martial art uh, move I could think of. You know, we spent and take a look at it on the video camera. And we did that for two days for eight to 10 hours. Oh, wow. And then we, we he, he was like, okay, I'm going to take a break. I got to really study it. He goes, I'm going to take it to the programmer and we're going to kind of study the film together mm -hmm. and, you know, get, in, get an idea of different moves and things like that and see what happens. So, you know, a, a day later, he calls me up, maybe probably a day or two later, he calls me up and said, hey, we got to reshoot everything, you know, uh, it was cool, but you know, when you move closer to the camera, you're bigger than when you move further away, you're smaller. So we got to correct things. And I was like, okay, so we, when I come in, we're going to have to mark the floor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he's like, yeah, it's a good idea. You, I'll mark the camera where the distance from the camera. So we can have like an idea of how to shoot. So while he marked the floor of, uh, the tripod, I started creating, uh, a box or a square so that way I would know different parts of how far know where to stand how far I can move forward how far I can move back and kind of keep me centered in in that uh, game so then we again we started experimenting with more he was like okay we uh, he's like I'm looking at it it's pretty cool he goes but we have to develop different blocks mm -hmm. for different techniques so I was like, okay, so, you know, if we're going to block high, it's going to be different than medium, different than low. Yes. And then we started filming that stuff. And we're repeating things like 30, 40 times, like the same technique over and over again. And uh, we spent like another day doing that. And then the following days, he's, so this is the third day and about 30 hours into it. He's like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do in order to save time because we got to get this project done in eight months. Yep. Matt. He's like, do a technique, you know, five or six times, then change it in some way. And we'll just keep on recording everything like that. So I would do a technique and then I change it, meaning like I would change the way the fist looked or I change the fist into a palm or I, I try to do uh, fit, uh, uh, the technique in a different direction or a different way to tie, kind of take a look at it and see what would work in the game. Yes. So we did that for another two or three days. So right now we're talking about five or six days 
eight to ten hours. So we're probably doing sixty hours worth of work. Oh, you must you must have uh, you must have made a plenty of caffeine to keep you going on that. Well, well, that and also uh, in order to save film, we erased all that stuff. So all that stuff will never be seen by anyone because we filmed over that to save money on tapes. But on that day, the sixth day, and 60 hours into it, John was like, I think we're ready to start the game. I think we have created enough stuff. We're going to invite the programmer in, and the Mm -hmm. programmer is going to take a look at what we've created and tell us, advise us how we can take those techniques and uh, put him into the game via, he's like, there's hit boxes and he's going to explain the process better than I can. That's John speaking to me yeah. uh, about how to do the technique, how to do like the punches and the uppercuts and the elbows and all everything, how we, we can tweak it to be in the game. So then all of a sudden we invited uh, Ed, Ed to take a look at what we had created. Unbelievable. So it's, it's you know, the the blood, sweat, and tears, and the dedication, and and the time that it, it took, and it's like you said, like all the all that old footage, you know, erased, never to see the light of day, and and now we've got, uh, now we're getting the process now of of getting getting the the game made. So, what about the characters then, Master Basina? How how did was there a process where where you all kind of sat down and went, okay, this is Sub Zero, this is Scorpion, this is Kano, this is Liu Kang. Was there was did you did you all meet up and decide you know you know who these they give them personalities and backgrounds and stuff like that? How did that how did that kind of come about? Uh, so we didn't have names from the character the original. Most some of the original characters were going to change a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I originally John wanted me to be Striker, so I wasn't going to be Striker anymore. I was going to be there. They had a Michael Grimm character modeled off of. Iron Fist. Right, okay. So I was going to be that character. Mm-hmm. But now, because uh, because uh, Van Damme said no to it, we wanted to play like a little bit of parody on him. So he is not modeled after, uh, after John Claude Van Damme, but he does have jokes. Like we put <laughs> in a few jokes. So it's got cross between Iron Fist and Jean-Claude Van Damme, which is totally opposite because Iron Fist is martial arts and John like Van Damme is more of a dancer actor. Yes. So, so we're going to... That's, that's big, that's big words, dancer actor, Colin Van Damme. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what he is. He is like, you know, he does a little bit of martial arts, but he's not really... That's unbelievable. Uh, uh, yeah, but I'd pay for his movies, you know, and yeah. that's his work. But, you know, it's not offensive. I'm just saying what, what, he, what he is. And so, uh, so I took that, that, so there was no like script or anything like that. We created the characters as, as it was being filmed and created. So an example is John was like, okay, remember you're this guy. So I was like, okay, Daniel Red in Iron Fist is still cocky. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is still kind of cocky. So I'm going to add cocky. So the whole, the, the, the techniques were like, okay, I'm going to come. He's like, John's like, you're going to come out and do some moves and get in a fighting stance. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to come out and wave to the crowd and then, you know, get into a fighting stance. So I did that a few times and I looked at it on tape and John is like, okay, how do you want to change that? So I was like, okay, let me try something different. 
So I come out and I blow kisses from my hands <laughs> and then I flex muscle and then I get into this fighting stance. And then John is like, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. How, okay. What, what else do you want to do? Let's do the same thing. Do it different now. And so after I thought like this, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to get sunglasses. So I put sunglasses behind me, you know, uh, go out, blow kisses, wave like that, make muscle, put my sunglasses on and get in a fighting stance. And so all of a sudden it was starting to create this personality that he was a cocky Hollywood guy, but you know, he had like this pizzazz to him. So that's how all of a sudden we started to, to film characters. And I thought it was just a little bit, you know, we all from the first game thought it would be easier just to take parts of our personality and put them into the characters. Yeah. So, you know, so that's what we started doing. That's unbelievable. And then, of course, that's the, the birth of Johnny Cage then. That's, you know, it's, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. So out of all the characters then you've portrayed, is Johnny Cage the, the character that you gravitate towards the most is are you Johnny Cage? Is what I'm trying to say. When you when you see the game, you play the game. Is Johnny Cage the you know? Are, is Master Piscina Johnny Cage? Is what I'm trying to say. Actually, uh, Johnny Cage is Master Piscina. Yeah, he, uh, you know what I mean. It was like I said, the game was short. We didn't have any instruction on doing anything, and I just gave Johnny Cage part of my personality. You know, being a martial artist, you have to have ego, but you have to be humble. Yes. So that I gave Johnny Cage the ego side of me. If you ever hang out with me or uh, live, you know, hopefully we one day, will one day, and you will be like, "Oh my God, you are Johnny Cage." <laughs> or, or, for, or if you really hang out with Carlos, who's Raiden, you see that kind of personality there. Raiden has in the game in yes. Carlos, or Rich with uh, Kano, or Liz with Sonya, or or Hosang with Liu Kang, or any of those guys, they, they really put their personalities into the characters. You know, so that way, you know, even when I watch movies, even when I watch the first movie, or the new movies, or yes. any MK like that, I'm like, you, they, they are acting like me. Sure, they get to add more to it, but their base is still me, or, or Raiden is still, you know, I, I was jealous that Christopher Lambert got to act like my brother. But, uh, you know, Christopher Lambert is acting like Carlos. Yes. Which is like, which is really, really cool to think about, you know. So we have these actors, we have these actors acting like us and what we, what the personalities that we gave, you know, to the characters in the game, which is really our person, parts of us. And you know what, just, just chatting to you, talking to you about that, it's, it's, you know, just looking at the game, you know, thinking about the game and playing that game. It's like, you know, it, it brings another dimension to the game because, you know, you brought Johnny Cage to life. That's your personality. Your brother's Raiden, you know, and everybody else that would contribute to that, that's all part of their personality. That's not, you know, sitting in pre-production, come up with a, a lore or a, oh, he has to be this way, he has to be that way, or she has to do this. She has to act like this. This is, you know, this is get in front of the camera, bring your, and you essentially all brought your personalities to life through through these, these characters in the game, which is mind-blowing, by the way. Because, you know, for such a, a, a phenomenal, massive, huge game, and these characters still live on yet, you know, as, as the consoles and all change and the films develop. That's, and like you said, I see Christopher Lam, Lambert playing, you're your, not Raiden, your brother. He said, that, that's my brother's personality. That's not Raiden. Raiden, <laughs> my brother yeah. is Raiden. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, when I did Scorpion and Sub-Zero, same thing. I gave them, 
you know, I gave Scorpion the the cutthroat. Like if you are a martial artist and you compete, mm-hmm. you know, in the old days in 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 combat, you have to be cutthroat. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I gave Scorpion that cutthroat, you know, sly evilness. Yes, on him and Sub Zero, I gave him more of a hero. At least at the time, I know there the story has switched a lot, but at the time, I gave Sub Zero the hero more type mysterious hero type role yeah. in, in personality. Because I, I totally I totally agree with what you're saying because when I first played Mortal Kombat on the, on the Sega Mega Drive, Genesis, it's, it's in America, it's when I first played it. Actually, I'm telling you a lie, I played it in arcade. I'm telling you a lie, that's the first time I encountered it. And I remember when Mortal Kombat came out on, in the arcades, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't get on the machine. There was lines and queues of people playing Mortal Kombat. Um, people that were at the arcade more often you know, got really good at the game, and you know it, it's it's just it's it's just absolutely unbelievable that we've that, that we've we've got to this point that the game the game has 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 lived on this long, and you know, like I said before, I totally agree with you because when I first encountered the game. I gravitated towards Sub Zero. He was the character I wanted to be. He was mysterious. He was cool, but exactly like you said, he did have a hero aura or essence. But he he didn't feel like he was the bad guy. But Scorpion certainly did. And I think it was that fire and ice and you know, uh, you know the the, the hellfire and you know the, the frozen water, all that kind of stuff. You know, good versus evil. And you can, just even through like the connotations of color and you know what, what they were wearing and how they spoke to each other. You know, because Scorpion has that iconic "get over here" phrase where he says, and then I think you know, when we see a finisher, he pulls his mask back and he's a skull. So he's he's not overly human. There's there's something subhuman about him as well. And uh, now it has switched. It's almost as if they're uh, Scorpion's almost become a bit of an anti-hero now. A little bit of the hero, and Sub Zero is a bit of the bad guy. If you have you seen the new movie, Master Basina? Yeah, yeah, I have. I, I have seen the new movie. I like the, uh, the the actors did a good job. The first scene between Scorpion and Sub Zero, the fight was really, really yep. cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, and just so you know, people listening to us know. Uh, just to give credit where credit is due, get over here. That phrase was created by Kano, Rich DeVizio. Oh, right, okay. The the uh, the the weapon that Scorpion uses is called a rope dart, and I used to use it in tournaments, competing in tournaments. And originally, it was used to pull uh, horsemen off their horses. Okay, and uh, so that's why it was attached to a like a large dagger attached to a rope. And, uh, you know, uh, during, d- during the creation of the game, the concept was, you know, originally uh, Ed w- wanted Scorpion to throw a lasso around you and tie you up. And then you walk up to him and you get free hits. Okay. And, you know, me being a smart ass, Johnny Cage, <laughs> I was just like, I'm not being Wonder Woman. I don't want to throw a lasso around anyone. Yes. But, and then I explained to him what a rope dart was. You know, and the concept is a little... Uh, a little because if you've never seen it, it's hard to get. So the concept, he didn't quite get the concept, you know, until he mulled it over his head. He needed to mull, mull over a lot of the concepts over his head. You know, nothing wrong with that because that's you know we're coming in with the concepts. So he's listening to us and hearing hearing yes. with the ideas we have, and you know, then he gives his opinion of how we can make it 
fit into the game. So that was just the first creative process of number one. So, and then while the whole thing was like, you know, John Tobias wanted me to blow flames out of Scorpion. And then I was like, did it a few times. And I was like, and I was a smart ass because I just wanted to create trouble. And I was like, John, I'm not doing this. And he was like, don't be an asshole. Why not? I was like, John, if I blow fire, my, my, my mask and all this is made of cotton. My whole head will be on fire and I'll be running around with my head on fire. And he's like, don't, again, he's like, don't be an asshole. Pull the mask down. So I pull the mask down and do this a little bit. And Rich Divizio, who's Kano, looks over and he's like, what if he pulls his mask off and he's a skeleton? Wow. And then I was just like, and his head is on fire like Ghost Rider. Amazing. Unbelievable. All of a sudden, everybody started laughing, but that's how Scorpion, his fatality is that. All of a sudden, just the, just the creative endeavor of, you know, of, yeah. you know, into, you know, uh, being a smart ass isn't just part of the <laughs> persona. People should understand we are filming, you know, there are seven hours of filming left yeah. that people see on the Internet. But literally Johnny Cage and me, you know, because he wasn't really named Johnny Cage for a long time, that filming of what we know as Johnny Cage and from the beginning filming is hundreds of, at least a hundred and something hours of filming. So you only see an hour and a half out of a hundred and something hours. Mm -hmm. Same thing with with Kano. Kano literally... uh, took more than Johnny Cage because of just the concepts were not were foreign to him to film because he was, you know, Rich was used to doing movie stunts, stunts mm-hmm. for you know, action for movies. Yes. And this is filmed totally different. I had to reteach him how to do all these moves because we're in a 2D process and in a and when you're watching film, it is 2D, but we have a 3D concept. Yes. So a lot of things we have to re, I would have to reorganize and rethink that way peop, the people coming in would know what the concept was to do this or, or the idea mm-hmm. of having like uh, the techniques translate well to video games. So, you know, it, it would, so when you're doing this stuff, you're tired. Yeah. You know, you're doing martial art moves on concrete for seven, six, seven hours. Yeah. You're getting tired, so you can get a little testy. Yes. So, you know, when I was doing this, the, you know, when we when Get Over Here was created, you know, we talked about these ideas early in the morning, and now we're getting to the ideas, you know, six, seven hours into it. I'm already tired, you know? Yeah. I'm just like, just a grumpy old guy. <laughs> well, not back then, grumpy young guy. But, uh, you know, in two... Uh, you know, when I was doing the initial work, there were no pads. I was doing flips and landing on concrete and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yes, of course. So, so, you know, I later told John, I thought the rest of the people coming in are not going to do this like this. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to get mats, you know, do because, it, you know, no, we're basically hardly getting paid. And we're, we're the biggest thing is we're helping to create and get credit. Yes. For this creation. And those are the big thing. And that's, you know. So it's a lot of trial and error and suffering. Yeah. So, you know, already in the conversation, you know, we started off that you play Street Fighter, but the, the, the moves weren't realistic. They were, you know, over-exaggerated. They weren't real. You know, you, you said you're going to break someone's leg if you kick someone like that. So you're now in a position where you're making this game and you're churning 
hours, hundreds of hours into different techniques. You're in the different moves. Culturally, you are you know you you are including weaponry and you know styles that are that are real. These a lot of none of this stuff's made up. So it's it's a very it's it's, very, it's interesting to hear that you know that this game has been developed. You no, know, obviously it's it's live action. We 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 know that, but in terms of that, these characters all are doing you know real actual martial arts. And for 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 us to appreciate what we're playing on the screen is that you know you're doing flips, you're doing techniques, you're doing moves on concrete. You're you know you're putting your body and your minds through a lot to get this game made. You know it's 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 okay for someone to you know stick on a suit now with all the little dials and balls, and you can get the skeleton on screen. You know, but you guys are doing this for real. You know, on on an actual camera. Which is absolutely mind blowing. Not getting paid a lot. Health and safety is probably, to be fair, is out the window slightly here because you're not doing anything on mats, and you're just doing it for 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 credit and a little bit of recognition. So you know what happens then, Master Basina? How did how does it get from from the how did it get from the video to the actual to the actual company to get into the arcade machine? How, do, how what was the what was that stage like? waiting around to see it being finalized and produced? Yeah, well, you know, uh, the thing is, after we had it done, that wasn't where, you know, all of a sudden the company had this video footage and, these, uh, and they wanted to put it into a basically arcade game. So yeah. all of a sudden you had to have, you know, a group of programmers, you know, like, uh, you know, like Warren Davis created a, a program that would take these video clips these video images mm-hmm. and make them re- kind of ready for the arcade thing and they they called it digital because that's what happens when you when you take something and put it in you know you digitize yes. they say digitize but it's just like anything else if you yep. have an old VHS tape and you want to convert it you got to digitize you know, it yeah yep. yeah and you know and so just to give it a a, a, a different look you know, uh, John would touch up the characters and add, you know, add uh, shadings in different places if needed. Because, again, you know, we're, we're doing it. We found it's not a green room. There is no such thing as motion capture. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as Photoshop at this time. Yeah. So everything is very, very primitive. You know, the lighting at the, when we first began was just overhead lighting. You know, things like doing flips and stuff like that. We had to I had to figure out a way because uh you know, after I'm, I did one time, I, re, I recall I, I jumped like maybe 50, 60 times trying to catch a jump where I would jump over a person's leg to avoid a sweep. Yes. You know, which, and which we came up, I came up with a sweep and that took hours, uh, that took three or four hours just to come up with an idea of how to do a, a sweep because it's, it's, it's not originally how we thought it would work out. But anyway, um, so I'm doing this, and John is looking, looking at. It, he's like, "You're jumping too high. If you jump high, the shading on the top of your head gets darker, okay. and we need to have it evenly lit all the way through. So jump lower." And so I jump lower, and he's like, "Yeah, but you got to pick your legs up." And so I'm trying to do this, and I look at John, and I'm like, "John, you want me to float?" And he starts laughing, and he's like, "Well, yeah, I want you to jump and tuck your legs." And I was like, "I was like, you know what? Can we?" Take the jumping because you still need 
you know, what I think people see in the game of why it was so good is you, you see the actual energy of the game. There's, there's personality in the pixels. There's energy. Yep. When we jump, you could tell that we weren't just somebody was just not there was an actual jump. The physicality was yes. involved in the techniques. So I was like, we're going to take the frames of me jumping. And then what if I sit on something and I tuck my legs and then you could take the frames of me landing from the original thing. And John's like, okay, let's get a chair. And I was like, no, we do, we can't use a chair because it'll look like I'm sitting in a chair jumping yep. because people will know that. And so I look around and I see the staircase that they used on a different game. And I was like, you know, if we, if I get on this staircase and balance myself, it's going to, because the body has to have, you know, when you balance yourself, your body has a certain tension to it. Yes. It doesn't look like you're just sitting in a chair. You have to hold your arms correctly and stuff like that. So we can make this uh, look like I am jumping in the air, floating in the air. And then later on, when we film kicks and stuff like that, we can, reposition everybody in different positions so that way every personality will do the kick kind of the same but a little bit little different yeah reflect on their that personality and then john's looks like man that's a really good idea so all of a sudden we started incorporating stuff like that to be into gay figuring out like oh we couldn't capture this image this way so we found a way around it and you know so a lot of times we were doing that throughout the creative process of different techniques or different things of how to you know, how to cheat the move to make it look real, but but not cheating in a way where people would know that it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 this doesn't sound like you're making a game. This sounds like you're making a movie. This is what this sounds like. It's, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's when we think of game making now, it's, you know, it is a CGI, it's, you know, graphic design, it's art, it's, you know, it's, this sounds like, such a groundbreaking, innovative, and unique way of making a video game, and and to be honest, I don't think I've actually seen anything like it since. And it, just speaking with you too, it sounds like it was grueling. It was hard work. It was you know, it it, it, it seems to have taken a lot of time. You know, there was a bit of bickering between people because like you're tired, you're doing hours and hours of this, and on the spot, just you no, know, just off the top of your head, you're coming up with innovative ways to actually help the developers of this game make the game you're you're essentially doing the job of three or four different people (laughs) yeah yeah and two we wanted it to like i said we the first game we wanted to have it more cutscenes. yes like showing like uh uh, the original arcade you know you have the choose your fighter one where you see everybody do action we wanted that we wanted intros we wanted uh, other things in between to tell we didn't really have a story because again, it's only 200 arcade cabinets. Mm-hmm. So not the story that we already had was sufficient for what we were doing, you mm-hmm. know, and we were goofing around making the, making up the, the story uh, of it. So it was just very, you know, very innovating. You know, the first game we wanted a lot of stuff. We wanted x-rays. Yes. We wanted three, we wanted three fatalities in for each character. We wanted, you know, tag teams, Mm-hmm. We wanted secret characters. Later on, there was a secret character, but all those ideas were before the, you know, were were pre, yeah. you know, were pre-done. You know, secret character was Carlos and, and Rich wanted a secret tag team character of Kano and Raiden fighting together, but John said no because he would off-balance the game. Yes. 
But then that idea of having secret character and having tag teams is now in the air in people's minds of something we can do later. Yeah. You know, and, and, and and that's exactly right because that exists now in, in beat 'em up games. You know, tag teams, um, secret fighters. You know, X X rays. You know, it's X rays in the latest game. You know, it's it's uh, they're they're quite. You know, they make you cringe a little because they sound so real and it looks so real. But back in nineteen, what was nineteen ninety one? One, you were developing this game. You know, you yeah. were coming up with those ideas back then. So yeah, he, I, that's amazing, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny Cage's second fatality out of the three fatalities is a brutality. Yes. So later on, and I think in MK9, they have brutalities. That's yep. already, it was, we created that in the first game. That's amazing. And just, just to sort of touch then on the fatalities, were, were they always going to be part of the game? Or is this something later on that you thought, you know what, let's even, let's spice this up some more by making these finishing moves gory and you know, grotesque was was fatalities always something that was going to be in this game or is this something else that maybe you yourself come up with um so originally when we pitched the game to ed we already had the idea of characters having blood in it because we wanted it to be like a samurai movie where there's yes. blood all over the place or when you get hit there's blood yep. and stuff like that and so uh so we already had that in mind but when we were we were filming you know we're filming Already, we, we didn't have a name. His name was Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're filming Johnny Cage, but his name was Danny because we didn't have Johnny Cage yet. So we're filming him, and we're looking at stuff, and, you know, we're doing reactions. And one time, you know, I'm like this. Mm-hmm. You know, my head is circling around like in that, uh, which you see in Mortal Kombat, where you, you're going to finish the guy. And we're looking at that. John is, like, looking at that, and I'm looking at that. And John looks at me, and he's like, dude. I was like, dude, and he looks at me, and I was like, that's boring, right? And then he's like, yeah, that's kind of boring. You can't finish a game like they're boring. We have to we have to think of a way to finish him. You know, you got to think of a finishing move for these guys, and we got to finish this guy and finish him. And I was just like, yeah, because it can't end like that. And then we were like, and then we were just talking like that, and it was like, oh, man, like in the kung fu movies, you know how, you know, the bad guy always, all of a sudden you seek it pull out the secret technique and yes. kill the bad guy with that. We need that. And he's like, yeah, we, we really need that. Let's think of some ways to finish finish them. Awesome. We need finishing moves and finishing them. And that, that's how finishing came out. So Or fatality came out from that concept where we were just like, no, that's boring to look at a guy and you can't end a game like that. Yes. And, yeah, that, so. and that's become like the most iconic part of, of the game is, you know, people, whenever the game came out, and blew everybody's minds, and it was gory, it was martial, it was like a grown-up fighting game, and uh, and I know with the introduction of blood, you know, some countries were a bit sort of, we can't have that, and you know, there was a bit of censorship and stuff, but as the games progressed, they got gorier, and you know, I remember when Mortal Kombat 2 came out, I couldn't couldn't wait to get to the store or get to the shop to buy it, I remember getting it for my birthday, and the only thing I really wanted to do was, I wanted to know who what everybody's finish finishers were to finish him or finish her. What were what was everybody's finishing move? And then the, as the games went on, that's a that's what a lot of the fans wanted to know was just how how are you going to finish them? What's 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 Sub Zero going to do this time? Or or what's Baraka's finishing move in Mortal Kombat Two? So you know, and again, that's just you spinning around in, in a scene and just deciding, you know what, this is boring. We need to do something more. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how these sort of eureka moments have just, you know, 
have come just with the making of Mortal Kombat 1. It is unbelievable. And how that's carried on through right into 2022. It's unbelievable. It really, really is. My mind is totally blown. I have to say, yeah. I've, 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 I can't believe it. Yeah, it's just, you know, you get a problem and you figure out how to solve it. You know, when we, uh, we're filming Raiden and Raiden had a problem keeping his hat off. Everybody, we, there's a move in martial arts, a kip up, where you come back or carp up, where you flip up onto your legs. Yeah. And everybody, me, uh, Rich and I have already done it. And Carlos is in there. Carlos was the third character. And, uh, with, with, uh, with Raiden, who he was the only guy, him and Kano were the only ones who had a name. But anyway, so we're, Carlos is trying to kip up with a hat on and he can't do it. And he's destroying this hat, landing on this hat. He can't keep it on his head. And finally, you know, we're having a problem with that. And I turned to John and I was like, John, uh, you know, Raiden's a god. He doesn't need to kip up. He can just teleport up. And then John just looked at me and he's like, that is a good idea. Because of that problem, all of a sudden, we have we have the teleport where Raiden just just all of a sudden he's standing up. Yeah, he's standing up because we couldn't keep his hand on for the kip up. So we thought of we you know I thought of a of a way out of that out of that problem. Master Persona, you must you must have some amount of credit for this game because it sounds like you you you're the problem solver here. If there's an issue with the game, go to Master Persona. He will you know if you can't f- uh, flip up with your hat on, you're going to teleport up. You know you've you've got you've got the answer. You have got the answers to everything. It is it's it's unbelievable. It really really is. So then the game's out. So let's fast forward now. The game has now come out in the arcade. You get a go at it. What's what's your thoughts? What when you first see it in, in in action? Well, when I first saw it in action was uh, when they were testing it with Johnny Cage versus Johnny Cage, but he didn't have like Johnny Cage. It was Danny versus Danny. Yeah, and you know, um, you know, Tobias called me up. Hey, you got to come in, come in, come into my office. You really have to. And I was like, okay. So I showed up like lunchtime. I took took a took a longer lunch. Went over there. You know. Uh, John was like, check this out. So he plays the game and he gets me and then he performs a fatality where he punches my head off and the blood is screwing out like that. And I was just like shocked. I was completely shocked because I know we're doing this. Yeah. But when you see it and you and for me, it, it it's me. It looks like me. And he's doing it. He just killed me. Just popped my head off. I was like, John, it was just shocking the way this happened. I was like, John, can we're going to get in trouble. And John's like, no. He's like, we're not getting in trouble. He's like, you know, we're it's just us creating this game. You know, this is what it is. And I was like, I was just kind of shook my head. I was like, yeah, because we didn't really have supervision on the game. You know, John and I would come up with stuff. Or, or uh, the first game was a lot of the actors and Tobias just coming up with stuff. You know, asking Ed, how do we program this into the game, or how mm-hmm. do we make work into the game and then he would think about and tell us later on how we can do it so a lot of this was just a lot of you know a lot of us just doing whatever we wanted to do you know and uh, and to have that creative freedom and that that you know free reign to just make this beautiful game and the way you, the way you envision it you know i'm, I'm sure that's probably not something that uh, a lot of game designers and game creators get nowadays but you know if, if it wasn't for your you know, on the spot thinking and, you know, you, you, you all being creative and 
being innovative and thinking of ingenious ways to get this game made. You know, as you wouldn't have had that that moment when you first seen it. You know, you went, "Oh wow!" You know, you just knocked my head off. At the so, so how did you feel when you seen yourself when you seen Daniel Pasina on the screen? Was it wasn't Dan? It wasn't you know Johnny Cage. It was you. Did did you have a bit of a you know oh my god kind of moment? Yeah, yeah, I I did. I kind of like I was like, man, we're going to I when I when we saw the whole finishing project right before it tested, I was like, I turned to Rich and I was like, this is it, Rich. We're immortal. This game, even though there's only going to be 200 arcade cabinets, there we we are. This is it. This is gonna. This game is gonna last. This is a kick-ass game. It's going to yep. last a really, really long time. And, and two, you know, I'd like to give credit to the, to the, you know, to the people who tested it. You know, mm-hmm. the t- who tested the game. You know, the five programmers. You know, there were five programmers and two artists, and there were a whole programming team that did the digitized thing. So it was a big collaboration. They need, you know, they, they it's a good to shout out to them too. You know, so it wasn't yeah. just, you know, you always hear. The creators were John and Ed, and eh, that's kind of true, but not really how people. If you were there, you'd be like, "Oh no, there's, yeah. there's a this team was big, and there's a lot of credit to be spread around among everybody. You yeah, know, the, everybody did a, a big, a big part in the creation. Yeah, a great, a great team driving, driving, driving force behind, uh, behind everything. That's uh, that's that's unbelievable. It really, really is. I I didn't think this conversation was going to be as mind blowing as it is. I'm not just saying that, but it's 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 so amazing the the journey of how that game you know came about, how the how it got created, and you know just working out problems. And it's it's just it's just it's it's unbelievable because just when I because I know people that work in the game industry now, and it's, you know problems are solved with a keyboard or a mouse or a graphics pen, you know what I mean, or a tablet. Whereas it's it's you know it's 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 like you were making a film. I know I've said that before, but it's just absolutely it's absolutely groundbreaking. That's that's exactly what that's what it is. So it's the, the game's out in the arcade now. It's an arcade cabinet. What about then the moment you found out it was going to be released on consoles and this is going to be sold across the globe? Yeah, I was shocked because um, you know when I when I, we were pitching the game to John and Ed. Well, John and I were pitching it to Ed. I asked Ed, "Hey, Ed, if you make you can if you make two hundred and one and give me an arcade cabinet, yep. you can make as many as you want." And Ed turned to me and told me, "I promise you, we're only making two hundred. We're not making two hundred and one because one, the arcade cabinets cost like four thousand, five thousand dollars to make. We are not going to give you an arcade cabinet." <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you we're only going to make 200. And so we get the news. I get the news that we're going to sell 10,000 pre-order. And I turned to John and Ed. I was like, guys, you should have took me up on my offer and made 201. Because now you're making more and that wasn't the deal. And then that's when all of a sudden they were like, hey, don't worry. We're going to give you a bonus. We're going to take care of you. So... Uh, yeah, so that's when it, it, no, things started changing, yeah. Oh, that's, so all those, all those nights and hours back flipping and flipping on the concrete floor, that, this was the moment you went, it was worth it. That, that's, it, it was worth And tell me this, did you ever get your arcade cabinet? Did you ever get one? I never got an arcade cabinet and it never got paid. What? Yeah, we, they never did either one of them. 
I ne- uh, actually, for the creation of Mortal Kombat, the 60 hours that we did to to have them create the pathway to the game, they never paid me for those 60 hours. Jeez. I never got paid for that. That's crazy. Never, yeah, we didn't have the budget for that. So, no, that creation part of that inspiration part of creating all that stuff, they never gave me money for that. <sighs> they took care of you after, I'm assuming. You got, you got sorted after. Like, no, no, like the mafia, I quit. That's oh. why I'm in World Combat Three. I quit after two. Okay, because they never. Uh, eventually, one of the owners or higher management came up to me and said, "Hey, do you have what John and Ed promised you in writing?" And I was like, "No, I do not have it in writing." And they were like, "Okay," so I can't prove anything. Oh, that's so that's unbelievable! I can't believe that. Yeah, yeah, that's shocking. That's shocking. So after the third game, that was you done then? You thought, no. After the second game, I was done. I was like, I'm not working with this guy. Uh, For the third game, they killed off the characters that I played, Johnny Cage, Scorpion, and Sub-Zero. They killed them off. The game did not do well, and so they had to come out with a a different version of the third game to kind of make up for that. Yeah. You know, to to try to do that. But, uh, yeah, they tried to basically, in my opinion, erase me from history, you know, because you know, yeah, it's yeah. So you that's, know. that's absolutely that's absolutely shocking. That's that's a, that's a very dark side of the of the of 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 the the story. I I wasn't expecting that. So, you know, I, I kind of thought you were like going to be like the you know the, the 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 trophy of 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 this this creative process because you know no. w- without you there was there was no Mortal Kombat. You are Mortal Kombat. I, I, well, it was a cl- uh, collaboration, but you're correct. Without like the main ideas uh, into it, like that, sh- the contribute, you know, the the contribution to the game, it wouldn't have been the, the same without without that stuff, you know. So, you know, it's it's a story, a Hollywood story. You know, yeah. they did the same thing to you know the guy who created Batman, guy who created yes. Superman. You know, a lot of people. You know, it's a tough business. It's a tough business. You know, you got to watch out for yourself. Learn your lessons. Yeah. Just be careful. Yeah, so, just be careful. So after after that, then uh, I kind of want to kind of go off on a tangent too much. What what did you you know how how did you feel after that? Did you, were you at a kind of point in your life going like what's what's the what's the point in doing this now? Because you know I've I've been kind of screwed over to an extent. How how did you pick yourself back up again and sort of get uh, yourself back in the good place after after that after after two games? Yeah, after that, I did, I was like, uh, after that, we made, I made a couple of independent films, but I was just, yeah. after a couple of years, I was like, you know what, I don't want to be part of this business. The, yeah. You know, it's just too cutthroat, too sharp, stuff like that. So I'm just going to focus on my martial art training. Yeah. You know, so all of a sudden, I just didn't have anything to do with Mortal Kombat, really, until, uh, you know, until you know, a guy who owns a, uh, a big arcade. Now it's the mm-hmm. biggest arcade in the world. Uh, approached me and it's like, hey man, you know, I know you did Mortal Kombat and you helped create and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, I have an arcade. Come by my arcade and visit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, I was came to visit and all of a sudden I just got back into, you know, being proud of like the stuff that I, that I collaborated and created, you know, all of a sudden I see people enjoying it and, you know, getting some recognition. So, you know, and that's where I am to this point again, you know, just, you know, just, you know, out there telling, uh, you know, telling what I, the stories of it, you know, 
I recall. And for me, when I see Mortal Kombat, you know, when I see it being played, that's what rolls through my mind is the stories of of the different ways we came up with ideas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So when I watch the game, I really watch it. At watching the game and it brings me back to all those great stories of yeah. creating the game with you know my friends and you know coming up with ideas and laughing about some of the crazy stuff we did creating the game and mm-hmm. you know just different things that happen and they're always really good memories. So when I you know I love to watch people play the game or even play the game because I just kind of have so many good memories of of creating it. Yeah. And Master Basina, to be honest with you, you are a bigger man than what I would be because I would be so bitter and twisted about what if that had happened to me, to be honest with you. But for you to, and this is probably all conducive of your martial arts and the type of person you are and how you can channel things, you know, that despite everything that happens, you know, and talking to you, you know, this evening about, about Mortal Kombat, it obviously means a lot to you. You've mentioned friendships and good times and you know, how, how it makes other people feel. So, it's, you know, Mortal Kombat, you know, in, in that process, it's uh, it, it means a lot to you, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does because of, uh, you know, like anybody who is in a main creation, groundbreaking, yeah. you know. So, you know, if you talk speak to most of the people of the game who made the first game, you know, you, you got that. They really, you know, they really did... They just wanted to have a cool game. Yeah. You know, we, we already knew we weren't, we weren't getting paid, you know, that much, you know, but the whole thing, you know, you know, when I, uh, when I see Sonia do her leg grab, mm-hmm. I remember how, you know, we were fishing around for ideas. Like what else can we do? Because, you know, it was like, she was one of the, you know, her, her and her son were like the last characters were, yeah. were going to film. So, you know, we were just fishing around. What else can we do? What else? We're trying to come up with stuff that we didn't come up with mm-hmm. before. And Liz was like, what can we do with this? And she does a back bend and she, and she does it a few times. And yep. we're just watching it and watching it. And all of a sudden, you know, we're like, what if you get to grab the guy with the, the legs and throw him? Yeah. And then comes the process of actually doing it because, you know, everything has to be filmed really, really slowly at the best to pick out the best frames yeah, so it's not blurry. And two, we got to get her body in the right position because you can't just grab it and throw it over. We got to have her hold their legs in a position where you would grab somebody like by the head mm-hmm. to throw them. So then I was like, uh, we're trying to do it. And again, we're doing it slow and you can't do it slow. So I was like, what if I get in there and grab her legs at the right point? And then John is like, okay, try to do that. And the first time I get kicked in the face, the second time I get kicked in the head. So I'm trying to grab her legs and she is like kicking me in the face and the chest. And, you know, so at about, after about 10 or 15 tries, we finally got, got a good idea of how to grab her legs and bring her over slow into that position and to kick her back. But, you know, every time I see Sonia do a leg grab, you know, even in a different game, even when Sonia does it in a in a different game that leg grab. I start laughing. I was because I remember getting, how many times I got kicked in the face with that. <laughs> you know, which makes, you know it's a, it was really really you know because the final product was like oh man that's so awesome but you know it's, there's it's a funny story. 
That's 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 amazing. That's, it really is, and you, you know, just tell by by speaking to you, and you know, obviously the people listening can't see because it's a, it's a podcast, but you can see the how much joy it brings to you whenever you, whenever you're talking about about your your old colleagues and about the experiences that you had. So you know, we, at the at the top of the show, we we, we mentioned that uh, you know, we mentioned that you enjoy a whiskey, so. Do you still share a whiskey with your with your old colleagues? Do you still keep in touch with them? Do you ever meet up with them? Yeah, yeah, still. You know, this uh, just this morning I was chatting with uh, Katana Molina Jade Kedlin. You know, yeah, I was coming home and she was like, "Hey, I'm just calling to check in. What's going on? How's your summer?" And I just talk like that. You know, like they had my brother. I talked to him all. You know, uh, a lot. Tony uh, Kung Lao. I talked to him a lot. Rich. You know, I'm surprised Rich has not called. Well, Rich will be calling in about 15 minutes. <laughs> every day at 2.30 on his way drive home from home to bitch about his day at work. You know, I, I listen to his, I think I listen to his bad day at work so that we, when he gets home to his wife, he can just kind of have a relaxing time. He, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's already so, vented. He's already vented yeah, to you, yeah, so he has. Are. So he's, he yeah, knows when he gets to the, gets to the, yeah, I'm doing computer work. So I'm usually on the computer doing catching up with emails or doing work. And I just let him talk because he doesn't really want to hear what's going on. <laughs> he gets he gets the vent, so he knows uh, he knows a, a, a happy wife is a happy life. Then when he gets home, yeah. so <laughs> you get you get the you get the brunt of it. So listen before we before we end this section because I know you've a, you've a phone call coming in 15 minutes. Tell me this. You're out and about now. You're doing the conventions. You know, give give us a little rundown about what we what 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 can we expect to see at a Mortal Kombat convention or a convention that that you're at. What 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 can we expect? To, what what kind of experience would we be expecting to see or experience if you if you were there? Um, if you come and see me or any of the MK guys, like when, when I go to events, I try to. It's a good way to catch up with these guys, you know. Yeah. I was just talking, uh, chatting with Hosung Lu Kang on Saturday mm-hmm. because he lives in L.A. and I live in Chicago and there's a big time difference in, uh, you know, it's it's a four and a half hour flight. So yes. it's not it's something that we catch up that, but we still talk to each other on the phone. But, you know, when we're, the whole thing is, look, when we're there together, you will hear like more of these stories. You know, you'll hear this story and they'll interject with their little thing. Story is the same, but the story gets bigger because then yeah. they're like, "Hey, remember this to that story, <laughs> you know, or remember that, or or, or uh, you know, all oh, so all of a sudden you're you are really reliving Mortal Kombat and how it was created, yeah, with with the uh, the group who created it, you know, you you know, the company has their story and it's kind of like more of the tech side, yes, of the creation, which is really cool. You know, but in our point of view, the physical side is what created that tech side. Yeah. Because what we've created physically and then how do you do that into the technology part? So, so, you know, a lot of the, you'll hear a lot of the stories. Oh, remember this or that, or, oh, remember doing this or, Hey, how about this? Or, Hey, you know, fighting over the last piece of pizza maybe, (laughs) or, you know, or, you know, playing, you know, or, you know, Times, you know, people getting hollered at to that we have to, you know, you get tired and all of a sudden you get sidetracked and yes. all of a sudden, you know, John is hollering at us to get, or I'm hollering at 
Rich or somebody else to, hey, we got to finish this game because I don't want to be here all night. You hear a lot of that and, you know, you get a lot of, you know, what were you thinking when you did this? You know, and I could speak to what I was thinking when, you know, Johnny Cage, Scorpion, Sub-Zero were created or how, you know, helping out with the other guys. But you really hear, you know, how they really, you know, yeah. had a good base of things that, why, what were inspiring them to create this stuff too. I'm, I'm telling you, if next time you're in the UK, I'm, I'm, we're, we're definitely meeting up. And you, you know what? I'm not just saying this, Master Bassina, but you guys should all get together and record that on a podcast. Because I'm telling you, that would be an amazing thing to listen to. If you, if majority of you are all in the room, you're all together, and you're just remember this time, like you said, everybody starts. You know, when the story gets bigger and it gets wilder and. You know, it's a, that would be an amazing thing to listen to if you ever get together in a room and just stick a microphone in there and just get the whiskey open and just go for it. <laughs> yeah, and actually we're doing a docu- – some a friend of ours is doing a documentary like that. Oh, where, wow. Where we have individual stuff like we're basically what we're doing now but a little longer. Yep. Actually, you know, hours and hours <laughs> and, and where, where we, we get together, where we all get together and just talk about like just stuff like that. So, you know. So people can get like a, a different, different view of like yeah. the goofiness behind Mortal Kombat. That's uh, I, I I hope it comes out because I can't wait to see it. I will, I'm definitely be all over that because uh, just to hear hear everything is just because I'm so intrigued by this interview. It's like I said before, I wasn't expecting expecting to be like this. It's just, I can't believe how much innovation and you know being unique and paving the way for 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 ideas for future games coming from from the very first one it's just it's and you know in your story behind it so before we before we wrap up this section because i'm not going to keep you much longer just just one it's a very simple question probably with a difficult answer but what is what does mortal Kombat mean to you master Pacina? mortal like i said mortal Kombat means the story of the friendship yeah. you know the even though, you know, friendship was created and the game was created because Liz Malecki, Sonia, didn't want to kill, perform a fatality. She said, why can't we be friends? Yeah. But but I think, like, Mortal Kombat, for me, Mortal Kombat means, like, that friendship, the process of collaborating with my friends, trying to create this game where, you know, where we get got to do whatever we want because, you know, our our friend john was in charge but we were also kind of in charge yeah we'd say it and he'd be like okay we got to do that okay we're <laughs> gonna do that because he really wanted to he wanted to create uh of the best he could for his vision yep. of the game and he let us contribute to it mm-hmm. you know also in the end he would listen to ideas you know and, and and be like that so it was like the friend's you know creating with the friend is what it really means you know i got to create this stuff with all of his friends and two, before I leave, you know, out there in Ireland or, or Scotland or the UK, you need me at an event, masterpasina at gmail.com. You could always ask me. Oh, there you go. There you go. You're, you're, you've got the, you've got the contact details now. So everybody that, if you're having a, if you're having a convention or whatever it is, do get Master Pacina there. Cause I'm telling you now, we have got, uh, we we're absolute loving legend, you know, uh, the, the, the actual Mortal Kombat, the, you are more. In my opinion, you are Master Persona. You're Mortal Kombat. You are the what what Mortal Kombat is, and I think 
you know that that was a that was a, a lovely way to you know to, to discuss or to uh, evaluate what Mortal Kombat means to you because you know there's a, you know we have you know we can't, it's not fair to call them colleagues they're they're more like family to you and you know we we all have jobs and we all meet friends and we move jobs and we don't keep in touch with people as you know it's just life but it seems like you, whenever you were on that project whenever you were making that game you you know you didn't make friends for life you made a family and and that, that's 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 an amazing deal it it, it really yeah. really is yeah, yeah, really, really lucky, you know. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. But listen, Master Basina, before we before we wrap up, I have a I have a wee a wee uh, section that I like to call a seat at the table. Okay, so when we come back, Master Basina is going to be taking a seat at the table. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the RGB Gaming Podcast. Where have you been? If you're only checking it out now, don't scrub through. Go back to the start and listen to what Master Piscina has got to say about Mortal Kombat. So, Master Piscina, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with some really soothing music. This is uh, this is classic jazz. <laughs> <laughs> This is a section I like to call a seat at the table where I ask my guests to invite three people from the gaming world to attend a very, very special dinner party. So who will take a seat at the table? So you can invite any three people from the gaming world or from, we'll make an exception tonight, the martial arts world or Hong Kong cinema or whatever it is. So you're throwing a dinner party and you can invite three guests, anybody, loving, passed away, fictional, non-fiction, whatever it is, you're allowed to invite three people. Who would you like? Who would you invite to your dinner party? If I had anybody to invite and they can come back to it, even in spirit, first one naturally would have to be uh, Bruce Lee. Oh, amazing. Bruce Lee would have to be uh, sitting at my dinner table and then just, you know, because Bruce is there uh, now embracing the uh, more modern world, I'm gonna, going to have to say Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen, too. I would have Bruce Lee and Donnie Yen sitting at my, get a little thing, uh, you know, get a little uh, conversation, probably have some whiskey, you know. Yes. Donnie Yen probably would like whiskey. Bruce definitely would hit up a whiskey. So, yeah, we'd be... <laughs> We'd be all right. And, and what about your final guest? Then you're allowed to bring three people. So you got Donnie okay. in. We've got Bruce Lee. Who else is coming to the party? Uh, I, for my third, uh, for my third guest, providing they could speak English, uh, you know, we would give them the miracle of English because they've been dead for a while. Yes. Uh, a guy named Dung Hai Chuan is who is the founder of uh, Bagua Zhang. It's a martial arts style mm-hmm. uh, featured in Last Airbender. So it does have oh. to do with video gaming. Yes. So the airbender does Bagua. And this is the founder of Bagua Zhan, who was, uh, who was uh, notoriously a party guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so I would like to have him there too. That's a, that's an interesting selection of guests. And you know what, if any, if anything, you know, kicks off at this party, you know, you know, you're in good hands. 
you know, it's like uh, it's a, I, I remember listening to your I listened to your podcast recently with uh, with uh, with good friends of mine, the Retro Gaming Revival, and oh, yeah. uh, and they were talking about uh, whenever you uh, you met Vanilla Ice and he pushed he pushed the turtle away and you weren't you weren't overly happy about that. So I think if uh, I think if anybody pushes anybody away at that dinner party, they're they're not going to have a chance. So you've got uh, you're in good company, I think. There in terms of uh, in terms of uh, all, all these great fighters. But Master Basina, tell me this: Have you enjoyed yourself on the show? Yeah, Ian. Thanks for having me. I really did. It's good to finally connect. You know, uh, it's, it's been, been a long a, time in the making. It's been an absolute pleasure. I have I have thoroughly enjoyed this. It's. Uh, it's 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 been an eye opener. It's been deep. It's been personal. It's been oh, it's just been amazing. And I have had such a wonderful time talking to you. And tell me this: Would you like to come back on again? Yeah, if I come back on again, I'll probably bring somebody with me. Oh um, wow! Guess, you know, maybe maybe we can do it when Kano or my brother uh, Raiden or. Luke Kane can do it, you know, or somebody, yeah. you know, we'll get somebody in. That's awesome. Um, the the yeah. brothers would be amazing. Raiden yeah. and Johnny Cage, that would be absolutely amazing. And uh, I, for one, would, would look forward to that. So before we go, then, Master Bassina, anything you want to plug? Are you going to be anywhere across the States anywhere soon? Or is there anything coming out that we should keep yeah. our eyes open for or our ears open for? Um, You know what? Just, you know, Facebook, Master Bassina. Instagram, Master D. Piscina, because I cannot remember the password for Master Piscina. And uh, Twitter, which I haven't figured out yet, I'm kind of on there, kind of not Master Piscina. So, you know, shoot. And as I said, if there's an event, small or big, and you're interested in having, you know, myself or, or more, you know, hit me up on with an email, masterpiscina at gmail.com. Unbelievable. So, listen, I want to thank Master Piscina for coming on the RGB Gaming Podcast. And what an amazing guest, what an amazing conversation we have had. And don't forget, you can check out the RGB Gaming Podcast on YouTube and you can find me on all major podcasting platforms. And I will see you in the next episode. <laughs>